0: We've got vaccines going into arms, cases are dropping to the lowest numbers that uh, we've seen in months. So you would think that things are looking up. And yet we remain one of the most locked down countries in the world. We've got millions out of work. Debt is sky high. Inflation is now creeping up. And a lot of people are being left behind. You've got thousands of businesses, barely hanging on. They're still not even open. So when you dig into the numbers of how Canada is doing or how we're ranked when it comes to our global performance, and you compare us to 15 similar economies, we rank almost last, still when it comes to the misery index, Richard Oates is a professor of health statistics and economics in the Faculty of Medicine at Memorial University of Newfoundland. He's also the leading methodologist at the Mountain McDonald Laurier Institute Justice Report Card. Good to have you, Richard. Good, good. Thanks to be here, Alex. And of course, you join us from New Zealand, which um, you know, there's no such thing as misery when you're when you're living there.
1: Well. We have our own brand of misery, but it's, 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 it's a much different situation, that's for sure.
0: There you go. So we, we talked a couple of months ago about this misery index, and Canada was performing pretty low at that point. We really aren't doing much better, um, you know, and we're supposed to be heading back into the good times now.
1: Yeah, that's right, Alex. I mean, things have shifted uh, quite a bit, uh, you know, over the last few months and since we last talked. Uh, certainly Canada is doing a great job um, getting people get their, getting their first vaccinations. And, and Canada's amongst the world leaders uh, in that area. So so really kudo, kudos to all the provinces for for you know get, making a real effort to get people um, vaccinated. Um, unfortunately, you know the you know the lockdowns that that we've continued to see um, you know gain bring misery along with them. I think this has you know slowed the economic recovery. Uh, again, it's pre- unemployment has remained persistently high. Uh, and as you pointed out, uh, you know, Canada's b- borrowed an enormous uh, sums of money. And, and that's a real concern, uh, certainly going forward. Yeah.
0: I mean, you break this down into categories when you're doing this study. So it's the disease misery, the overall respondent misery, and then the economic misery. Um, we got a C when it comes to disease misery and the overall response misery. But our economy got a big, giant F. Yeah, and that's I think right. We're still in, in the haze of this whole thing. I mean, people are still in lockdown frustration. People are, you know, at least summer's here, so that kind of eases off on the misery. But, you know, when it comes to dollars and cents, that is, I think, when people, um, that, that is something that will, will stay with Canadians. That's not going to go away. The pandemic will, the lockdowns will, but the economy is not going to go away.
1: Oh, there's going to be a. We're going to pay him for this for a long, long time. Um, that's for sure. I mean, the amount of monies that the amount of money that we borrowed is is unprecedented. You know, um, you know, back really to World War II. Um, since we borrowed the kinds of borrowed the kinds of money that we're you know we borrowed over the last eighteen months or so, so I mean this mm-hmm. is so this is going to have a long tail uh, in terms of the recovery, and it's really going to limit uh, Canada's ability to you know to maneuver the next time there's a crisis, and and there will be another crisis uh, you know whether it's oh. another health crisis, an economic crisis, a climate crisis uh, you know but there's you know there's, there'll be challenges ahead. Uh, and, you know, our, 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 we're really, you know, getting close to, you know, the, the outer limits of how much money, you know, governments can, you know, responsibly borrow or you know, maybe perhaps even beyond that now.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting when you think back to what offended us before when it comes to debt and deficits. I mean, um, when Bill Morneau was still with the party I, I, what, two years ago, 30, $28 billion deficits was shocking. Now we're we're blown way past that. Debt has blown way past it was, and it's so enormous now, um, Richard. That I think it's really hard for people to get their head around just how much trouble we could be in or will be in once the inflation, you know, continues to creep up, which we're seeing it's doing now. But you know, if in fact we do get another emergency, that the cupboards are completely bare, and yet as you can see, we've got a government that is pushing to get us to an election because they don't want to go to an election when the chickens come home to roost. I,
1: I try to avoid the political discussions here, Alex, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, and, and what motivates the government um, is, is I, I can't really, I wouldn't really want to comment on, um, but I, but I think, you know, your, your overall sentiment is right though, you know, that, that, you know, we have borrowed an, an enormous amount of money. Um, and at some point in time, you know, taxes will have to go up or, you know, or other, you know, um, uh, accommodations made to, to, you know, to, to allow us to start paying that debt down and, and to say to give us the, you know, the, the maneuver room, uh, in the future, because you know, again, there, you know, there will be another economic crisis. There will be, you know, there will likely be more health crises, um, and there, you know, and, and almost certainly there'll be climate-induced crises coming in the future. So, I mean, we've got challenges ahead, uh, and uh, you know, I think our comfort level for borrowing money, you know, we should be concerned, um, and we should be concerned about passing, you know, our problems on to, to future generations.
0: You know, I, I I don't think people think about that. And certainly at the time that COVID hit, the, the, the feeling was get money out the door, get it into people's hands. People need help. Now, as we start to look, I guess, to getting this thing behind us, which God help us, I hope we're at that point once the vaccines get into enough people, um, we are going to have to look at the dollars and cents of it. But we never really factor in that our son or daughter uh, could be paying for this? Because I guess people look at it like, well, as long as I'm not feeling it, then it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's always been a pretty short sighted view that, you know, that when we take on debt, uh, you know, the, the, and, and, you know, the, the the amounts of debt that we're taking on are just sort of you know almost incomprehensible, um, you know, that that's money that's gonna have to be repaid and it's gonna have to be repaid over, you know, over a long period of time. And, you know, and I think this is, you know, this is hugely problematic. And, you know, I think it's just something that we really, you know, we, we do need to take a look at and, and figure out a strategy for, you know, for getting ourselves out of debt. And, and you know, and, and, and maybe for that reason, maybe governments are not going to be quite so, you know, quite so um, uh, opposed to letting inflation um, run, a, run a bit higher, because that is one way to sort of, you know, get yourself out of debt is, you know, is, is to let inflation, um, you know, p- pick up a little bit. And of course, that that'll bring another form of misery, you know, people see right. the value of their savings deteriorate, um, <laughs> you know, people who can't, you know, so I mean, again, this is just a, you know, everywhere you turn, there's there's misery. And, um, and you know, and really, it's, at some point in time, uh, we're going to have to bite the bullet and accept that.
0: Yeah. And that's like, of course, you know, if you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to, to make any big advancements or sock away money for your retirement, I mean, sure, let the inflation run higher, but that does come at a cost. Borrowing Whoa. will be much more expensive, which, you know, I'm no economist, so it, it, it it's not my expertise, but certainly it does have a cost no matter which way you look at it.
1: Well, and I think that's you know, and, and again, I'm uh, I mean, the sort of public finance experts would, would would probably have more to say about this than me, but you know, it is something that you know government will be be very hesitant to to raise interest rates because again, yeah. that's going to increase the value, you know, that's going to increase the the the, the loan repayment, the, our debt repayment servicing costs will go up. So, I mean, again. You know, it's something that, you know, you do wonder whether, you know, the, the extent to which these things are going to factor into the in decision making, you know, by the Bank of Canada and, 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 and by the, you know, the Minister of Finance and the Prime Minister. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's huge um, issues to consider here. And as and, uh, say, you know, everywhere we turn, um, there, there really aren't good options.
0: No, it doesn't look like it. And so it, with your kind of expertise, when do you see this kind of, we've always heard the word, there, there will come a day when there's a real reckoning. When, when is that?
1: Well, I mean, I suspect that you know the, the, what governments will typically do is keep the, I think kick the can down the road. Um, so I'm not sure. You How know, many more times experience. can we
0: kick this can? It's uh, been kicked I'd pretty far. Say-
1: <laughs> Well, you know, as I say, I mean, governments are different. I mean, governments, you know, as sovereign, you know, as sovereign governments, we can borrow money and, you know, and we can print money, and you know, and there's, you know, certainly, you know, we can add add to the money supply. Again, I'm 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 not an ex I'm not a monetary economist, but you know, certainly the evidence you know suggests that these things can happen. But it does, you know, again, but these are you know all things that are going to put pressure on inflation. And you know, so it it really is kind of a hold your breath right now. And again, there's you know some talk about is this inflation, is it a temporary thing due to supply chain disruptions or is this, you know, a more permanent shift? And, you know, and I think, you know, you ask, you know, five economists, you're going to get probably six different opinions on what's going on. So, you know, I think there is certainly a real concern that, you know, that, as I said, that, you know, that, you know, that inflation might be the cost of getting out of this. But again, that, you know, that heaps, again, more misery on everybody for, you know, for a much longer period of time.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, with your misery index, you've got to factor in, as you say, there could be other misery and miserable things that happen, yeah. and, and we're still not prepared because we've got a lousy healthcare system that, that still hasn't been fixed. And we've got all these problems that, you know, the pandemic has um, is thrown on us that we still have to dig our way out of. And so yeah, it's an enormous, you know, that's one enormous. Of the things that-
1: that we try to shine a light on a little bit is, as well as, is, you know, is not just the deaths from COVID, but, you know, deaths from all causes. And those have, those have gone up, you know, during the pandemic. So people are dying from things other than COVID. And it's actually one of the areas where Canada does, does pretty poorly compared to our, you know, to our comparator countries. So, you know, it is something that, you know, that, again, I think by, you know, by being solely focused on, on COVID kind of at the expense of everything else, you know, and, and again, it's, you know, it certainly was the number one crisis of, you know, the last 18 months, but it wasn't the only, Um, issue that needed to be dealt with over the last 18 months. And again, real concern that um you know that we haven't you know again that this is going to have a long tail in it as well that you know the people didn't who get didn't get cancer diagnoses on time people who have chronic conditions that you know that weren't you know well looked after uh during the pandemic so again this is these are areas where I'm I'm doing some research in in at the moment again we don't we won't know the answer for you know for 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 several months but you know I you know our hypothesis is is that you know that a lot of other you know people who didn't get covid will be worse off as well um from their health and it's you know and 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 I think the you know it's it's again this is going to have a long tail
0: Yeah. And personally, we've already had some some family and friends, uh, you know, who have gotten diagnosed too late. And and Mm -hmm. those stories, I think, are going to be unfolding in a lot of homes across this country. And certainly oncologists have warned of the shadow pandemic and we've had opiate deaths and mental health issues and all of those things you cite. So I'm glad you guys are looking into it so we can talk about it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, it's, you know, it's something that I mean, we, it just has to be the case that this is happening. It's just the extent, you know, how to, to what extent, I mean, there's no yeah. question that people's care has been delayed. Um, you know, people haven't gotten access to timely treatments or timely diagnoses. Um, and, you know, and we just hope that, you know, that the, the impact of this is, is something that we can, we can overcome um, in the future. But I mean, it would be good to see, you know, if, if you know, if, if healthcare, um, if each province, um, you know, has a, has a plan uh, for for you know for for how we're going to actually deal with this this sort of backlog of of cases and and health issues that again that we've kicked down the road and and you know and, and, uh, you know, and, and are, are going to come home to roost and are coming home to roost now for yeah. sure.
0: Well, we'll talk again, Richard. And um, I'm glad you're looking into the research on that. So we will definitely touch base. Appreciate your time.
1: No, thanks so much, Alex. Really enjoyed it.
0: That is Richard Otas, who is, uh, this is what he looks into. He looks into health statistics and economics. And so we'll see where the misery index takes us next. But, you know, you look into those numbers, half a million people are going to be needing surgeries and on a wait list as of this fall. So, you know, sorry, but the numbers just don't drive in a good way on that.